يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد There's something that's known as SAD and I'm not just referring to sadness uh, at the same time it's no coincidence that those are the specific letters that represent an acronym that ties in with that concept and the meaning of the acronym is seasonal uh, affective disorder where a person may feel more sad literally they may feel more down because of winter time because of fall when the days get shorter they get less sunlight some people are impacted by that more than others so as a result of receiving less physical light a person may feel more down. And this does not necessarily tie in with their iman fluctuating or their faith going up and down, you know, the, the level of their practice. It doesn't necessarily tie in with that. It may just simply be a physical, phys physiological thing that happens in some people more than others. And it's interesting that one of the most helpful things for those who struggle with this, and for anyone who does struggle with this, we ask Allah to make things easy for them. One of the most effective things for those struggling with this, SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder, where they feel more down when the days get shorter because they're getting less physical sunlight, is what's literally known, subhanAllah, as light therapy. As light therapy. You can buy something online, something in person from, some, uh, you know, from somewhere, it could be 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks. You have a spectrum as usual. But that's the, the general uh, range. And I'm mentioning that now because I'm sure a number of people would ask afterwards, you know, how much would it cost? Where can I get it? The simple answer is between 30 and 40 bucks. You can go on Amazon. You can find something there for you or for a loved one. By getting this, there are these special light lamps. And what's recommended if you turn it on when you start your day sometime in the morning and it's supposed to help a person with their circadian rhythm. It's supposed to help them to kind of, because we rely on the sun, the night and the day more than we may realize. And one of the key things that happens when the sun is rising is that that also affects the general mood of the person for that person's mood to rise as well. So if they're struggling with that, this extra light, this form of light therapy can help them, can help their mood to rise as they're starting their day. So if you, if you use it for 15, 30 minutes in the morning when you're starting your day, and it's not supposed to be directly in front of you, that can blind you, but more off to the side, and you benefit from it in that way, it's very interesting when you think about this concept, and then you also reflect on Surah Al-Duha. Surah Al-Duha is the Quranic version of light therapy. When a person is feeling down, this is a physical thing that can help them to feel better in terms of physical light. So we have a need for that, all of us, without question. There's also a need for spiritual light. We need, we need both forms of light. We need light from the sun 
right? The, these, you know, light therapy lamps can help to kind of fill in some gaps as well. So there's a need for that physical light. Likewise, on the other hand, there's the need for, for spiritual light. And it's interesting to note that when you look at Surah Al-Duha, at the very beginning of the surah, and this is where the, the name of the surah is derived from, from the first ayah of Al-Duha, this surah was revealed when the Prophet was feeling emotionally down, when he, when he was feeling sad, alayhi salatu And Allah revealed this surah. And the surah starts with Wal-Duha. And Wal-Duha ties in. So the Prophet's feeling emotionally down. And what does Allah refer to? Allah refers to physical light. And Allah swears by that physical light, that bright physical light, in the morning hours when the sun is rising, that's the time of duha, basically between Fajr and Dhuhr. That's the time of duha. So when the Prophet's feeling down emotionally, Allah not only reveals the surah to lift him up emotionally, tied in with it, Allah Azza wa Jal also references the importance and the need for physical light. So Allah swears by that morning light, wal duha wal layli idha saja. Allah swears by the morning light and Allah swears by the night when it's still. What is the first thing that Allah Azza wa prioritizes in this surah? The emotional state of the Prophet. He was feeling down, so Allah lifted up how he was feeling. He was feeling low, so Allah elevated his, his mood, his state, how he was feeling. So the first thing Allah prioritized was how the Prophet was feeling. Because if somebody's feeling down, it's not the time to focus on fringe issues. What's the priority at that time? The priority is, how is the heart of this person doing? If somebody is struggling with something related to thoughts, related to suicide, you don't go and tell them, hey, that's haram, you can't do that. That's not what they need to hear at that time. At that point, do you really think they care about what's haram or what's not? They're well past that point. That, that's not the way to respond to that type of issue. A lot of the time, what do people need? They need someone to listen to them, to validate how they're feeling. Didn't Allah validate how the Prophet was feeling? Allah didn't criticize the Prophet for feeling down. Allah didn't get down on the Prophet for feeling down. How did Allah respond? Allah lifted the spirits of the Prophet. And if, if, if we want to be people of Qur'an, if we want to be our own versions as best we can of trying to follow in the footsteps of the Prophet ﷺ, trying to be a Qur'an in action, trying to be a Qur'an walking on the face of the earth ﷺ, then we should reflect on these things very deeply. How do we respond to these types of situations if someone has a friend or a family member and they open up to them? And they tell them they're struggling with depression, they're struggling with anxiety, they're struggling with thoughts of suicide. How are you going to respond? You don't respond with a legal answer. You don't respond by saying, oh, that's haram, it's, you know, it's forbidden. It is. I'm not, I'm not saying otherwise, no question about it. But that's not how you respond at that time. That's not what's most important to highlight at that time. What do they need in their heart to help them to feel better? Is it therapy? Is it medication? Is it literal physical sunlight? Maybe you can gift them a light therapy lamp? What if that saves their lives? What if that saves their life and then you show up on Judgment Day with a whole bunch of good deeds and, and you ask, what is this? Because you got that one gift for that one person, they used it, they benefited from it, they started to feel better by using it every morning 
And that ended up saving their lives. Because you saved one life, you're rewarded as if you saved the lives of all of mankind. Enter my paradise. Imagine someone is told that. All of a sudden, those 40, 50 bucks, they're not, it, it, it's nothing for someone if they can afford it to gift it for that person. How are we going to respond? Are we going to respond prophetically? Are we going to respond as, as people who are trying to live the Qur'an? Are we trying to embody the concept of, of Qur'anic medicine? Because when we connect more with the Qur'an, we're supposed to absorb some of the qualities that are mentioned within the Qur'an regarding the Qur'an. Allah describes the Qur'an in the Qur'an as healing, as a type of medicine. So if I want to be a person of Qur'an, as I connect with it more and I benefit from that light, from that nourishment, from that healing, I should want to share responsibly that healing with somebody else, with other people. I should want to pay it forward. If my life became better and brighter because somebody was kind to me, and they were kind to me because their intention in their heart was because they wanted to practice the Qur'anic ayah, You were not sent for any reason, O Prophet Muhammad وسلم, to mankind, to all of creation, except as mercy. So what if that person, they just want to live the Qur'an, they just want to embody mercy. They just want to be kind for the sake of being kind. Not as a PR stunt, not for the, you know, for... for attention from anyone, they're doing it just for the sake of doing it. What if that impacts the heart of that person? They receive that mercy from you. They receive that kindness from you. They benefit from that generosity from you that touches their heart. It may be something as simple as gifting somebody a pair of socks who may be living on the streets, maybe giving somebody a blanket. The youth from this community a couple years ago had a drive where they, they got a bunch of stuff. This was done and run by the youth to help the homeless. Some friends got together, hey, let, you know, let's do some, some micro fundraising within our friends and family members and try to get some money together. Let's go buy some essential items, including socks, including blankets, and you know, warm clothing to go and gift the homeless. And so they went and they did. And there was, there was one lady, subhanAllah, who was gifted a blanket. And she started crying. She, she couldn't control herself. She sat down. She started crying. And she was so grateful just to receive that blanket. What was the motivation of those Muslim youth to go and help those people that they didn't even know? Rahmah. To live the Qur'an. To take this idea and to live it, to embody it. Because if we're reading this blessed book from Allah Azza wa Jal, but we're not doing anything from it, then why are we reading it? And if someone says barakah, that's true. It is barakah. But that portion of the barakah is the appetizer. The main course of the barakah is truly found in embodying the Qur'an, in living the Qur'an. When you do that and you show people mercy, you embody that concept of, of illuminating their lives. What if you going and helping somebody helps them in if they're in a dark place and you helping them, right, helps to illuminate their situation a little bit, what if that makes them feel better in their heart? The Prophet taught us that the best thing you can do after what's obligatory to bring happiness to the heart of a believer. The best thing you can do, so handle your daily five prayers, handle your Ramadan, your zakah, your hajj, your, do what you got to do. These are all, collectively priority number one, no question. But the Prophet is teaching us, once you handle those things after that, 
What's something that you should consider prioritizing? Bringing happiness to other Muslims. Mankind at large, yes. But the idea is to start within your faith community. To, to start there. To start with your blood relatives. To start with whoever's closest to you. Have that immediate local impact. There's a reason why scholars have mentioned throughout our history that when it comes to your zakah, it's generally best to give your zakah locally. Give sadaqah far and wide, as much as you can, as far as you can. But for zakah specifically, prioritize it locally. So you have that impact on your local community, on your local surroundings. Now imagine if there's a community, they prioritize that, and they help people within their community, they help people within their city, within their county, within their area, how much good is going to come from that? How much light is going to come from that? The first thing that Allah Azza wa prioritized in Surah Al-Duha, the emotional state of the Prophet, That was first. There are four general sections to the surah. The first one, وَالضُّحَى وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا سَجَى مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى Allah lifts how the Prophet was feeling, Allah swears, Allah swears, your Lord has not forsaken you and He's not upset. What was priority number one? The emotional well-being of the Prophet ﷺ. That's first and foremost. And then after, مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى After reassuring the Prophet, مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى so first Allah focuses on the present. Right now you're struggling in your heart. Let me heal that. Let me triage the situation and diagnose that first and, and prioritize that as a cure. That's number one, the present. That present pain was prioritized. And then the second component, the future. Things are going to get better. Things are going to get, you know, they're going to improve. Things are going to pick up. So Allah shifts from the present then to the future. Then Allah goes back to the past. In these three ayat, remember those past struggles that you, that you were going through? I helped you through those. Here's one example, here's another example, here's another example. Remember when you were an orphan and I helped you, when you were poor and I helped you, when you were seeking right, and I guided you? So Allah goes from the present, then to the future, and then to the past. Remember those past examples from your own life. Those times were difficult, but I helped you through those. So the, the, the meaning is, just like I helped you through those situations to get to where you are now, believe me when I tell you things are going to get better from now moving into the future. Allah goes from the present, then to the future, then to the past. And then back to the present. So right now in the present, help people now how you used to struggle. Remember when you used to struggle with A, B, and C? Right now, look at those struggling with A, B, and C and help them in those ways now. Out of gratitude for the past and then out of hope for the future. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم In the surah immediately following surah الضحى and it's often paired with it based on the meaning based on 
the, the, the nature of these two surahs immediately after Surah Al-Duha, what surah do you have? And it's so beautiful when you think about it. First you have Al-Duha, and then what's after that? Al-Sharh. أَلَمْ نَشْرَحْ لَكَ صَدْرَكَ وَوَضَعْنَا عَنْكَ وِزْرَكَ الَّذِي أَنْقَضَ ظَهْرَكَ وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَ إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَ We all have hardships in our lives. But Allah is subtly, gently reminding us as Al-Latif, yes, there's hardship, but there's also ease in your situation. You may not see it right now. You may not see the silver lining right now because things are so dark and it's, it's so difficult. But Allah is reminding us, trust me, that silver lining is there. Trust me, it's there. Yes, there's the hardship. Allah validates that. There is the hardship. Whatever anyone is dealing with now, that's there. But there's also ease. There's also ease. We ask Allah to, to show us the ease in our situations. We thank Allah for the ease in our situations, for any hardships that we have. We ask Allah to turn them into ease. We ask Allah to help us to connect with the Qur'an as best we can. We ask Allah to make us Qur'anic people. We ask Allah for anyone struggling who's in an emotionally dark place, whether it's because of SAD, depression, anxiety, PTSD, whatever it may be. Unfortunately, there's a long list, and that's part of the unfortunate muck of the swamp of the dunya. For anyone struggling with any or perhaps all of those things, we ask Allah to turn that emotional darkness into light. We ask Allah to turn that hardship into ease. We ask Allah to alleviate those struggling with those things of that pain. We ask Allah to turn that pain into peace. We ask Allah to remove that sorrow and to replace it with something better. What did the Prophet teach us to say if we're, if we're struggling with something? Inna lillahi wa inna ilahi raji'un. At some point, as deep as that pain may be, at some point it's going to pass. Maximum we're on this earth for 70, 80 years, maybe 100 years, at some point, sooner or later, it's going to pass. So the Prophet, he taught us to say that if we're struggling with something, to say, inna lillahi wa inna ilahi raji'un. There is no doubt we belong to Allah, we're going to return to Him. This dunya is messy because that's the nature of the dunya. It is literally a low life. That's what the dunya is. It's a swamp. There's no doubt we belong to Allah. We're going to return to Him. Allahumma jurni fi musibati. Oh Allah, reward me for dealing with my calamity. Reward me for dealing with my pain. Reward me for dealing with my challenge. Allahumma jurni fi musibati. And replace it with something better. We ask Allah to accept this du'a from all of us here and now. We ask Allah to guide all of us through the nooks and the crannies of this life. We ask Allah to, to help us to do what we can to show Him that we care about ending up in Jannah. We ask Allah to accept our meager efforts and we ask Allah to forgive our many mistakes. حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنَعْمَ الْوَكِيلُ رَبَّنَا تَقَبَلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ سَمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ وَتُبْ عَلَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ تَوَابُ الرَّحِيمُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسْنَةً وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسْنَةً وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُ بِالْعَلِيِّ وَالْإِحْسَانِ وَإِيتَاءِ ذِي الْقُرْبَى وَيَنْهَى عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ وَالْبَغْيِ يَعِذُكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذ